Welcome to the Salvatry Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, Saturday, we have a six-game NBA slate, nice little six-game slate for February 22nd. The weekend is here. I hope you all had a great start to your week and weekend, Friday, Friday night. But we have a six-game slate tonight in the NBA that I'm going to break down here. If this is your first time to the YouTube channel or the podcast, feel free to hit that subscribe button. And if you want to feel it out and see if you get any value, I appreciate that too. I understand. But if you've been here before, listen to a single one of my podcasts and got value or, or a YouTube episode, the best way as an independent content creator to just sort of um, show some sort of either appreciation or that you value the content is just by hitting that subscribe button. It really does go a long way. So thank you all so much for that. Uh, and also, I just want to shout out that I do have Patreon exclusive content. Uh, the tiers for XFL are up. The exclusive podcast is going to go out this morning. I'll kind of break down where I think ownership is, position by position, where my interests are and where I think people are going wrong. And then also, if you're here, here just for NBA, you don't really care too much about the XFL. While I have NBA projections, interest pools, all that updated up until lock over on my Patreon, all that is linked up down below as well. Finally, I'll shout out Fantasy Draft. They are linked up above. And if you have not yet known already, and you might be new here, Fantasy Draft, they're not doing rake anymore, which just means how much the company and the organization takes off the top of the prize pool. Uh, Long-term, you're going to lose around 15% to 25-30% over your long-term gains in the DFS space is just going to go to rake. So, I mean, today, if you're putting in $100 into DraftKings, 15% of that is literally going out the door to rake immediately, and 30% of that $30 or so might go long-term. So, yes, they don't have the biggest prize pools on Fantasy Draft yet, uh, but it's not a promotion. This is the way their business model is set up. So, check out Fantasy Draft. I'll link up their NBA uh, lobby below. The pick and roll contest is usually the best one that I find in there. One that I think is really good, 2x min cash, 13% to first usually, uh, very balanced payout. So uh, it's a strong way to just gain an edge to, to continue. If you're somebody who plays lower stakes or, or cash games, that is the best place you should be playing without a doubt. So check that out linked up down below. With that said, let's get into the injury news for the six-game slate. There's a good amount of it. Uh, Right now on this injury report, I have about 15 players listed here. A couple of them are are news and notes that we've been seeing, but I just wanted to make it reassuring for anybody tuning in now that it's the weekend, doesn't usually maybe play during the week. In Atlanta, Clint Capella is going to be out for some weeks, so just a reminder, he's out with a heel. It'll help Dwayne Dedman, the recently uh, reacquired Dwayne Dedman back to Atlanta. John Collins should pick up some five minutes. Uh, Damian Jones as well there. In Atlanta, also DeAndre Hunter and DeAndre Bemery will not be playing today. Hunter doubtful or Hunter out already. Bemery doubtful. Um, Hunter personal issue, personal matter. DeAndre Bemery abdominal. So what you're going to get here for Hunter is just Trevion Graham, the former Minnesota um, Timberwolf, and Vince Carter probably picking up a little bit more run there. Next up is Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. He's out. He's done for the year. So just a reminder that he is now done for the year. Spencer Dimity, Karis LeVert, Garrett Temple, and Joe Harris should be the ones picking up the most slack there. And on the season, when Kyrie is off the court in almost 1,400 minutes, Spencer Dimity has a 31.8% usage rate. Karis LeVert in 517 minutes has a 30.8% usage rate, and Karis LeVert continues to skyrocket up. So you're getting Karis LeVert trending upwards. Spencer Dimity pretty much stabilizing flat, but his price point remains upwards, so not that appealing. Spencer Dimity a 1.27 fantasy point per minute producer when Irving's off the court in those almost 1400 minutes and then 517 minutes for Karis LeVert he's a 1.15 so you're seeing Karis LeVert's point per minute production from being one literally flat this season to bumping all the way up to 1.15 you're seeing Spencer Dimity who uh, normally when LeVert and uh, there's no Irving on the floor he's around a 1.35 guy so he's dropping down which makes sense I still think it means that you probably have the best overall upside for a guy like 
in this situation, Karis LeVert, right, is his price point remains a little bit lower. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., so Chicago has just a ton of injuries yet again. Wendell Carter Jr. is doubtful with an ankle. They still have no Laurie Marketing. Chandler Hutchinson is now out still with a shoulder. Uh, Denzel Valentine remains out with a hamstring. And now they added Luke Cornett, somebody who was playing mid-20s mid and minutes for them. He's now doubtful with an ankle. So what does this leave them? Well, it leaves them Daniel Gafford, who returned in the last game, and they said he will be a full go, no minutes limit, but he played off the bench, just 16 minutes. Cristiano Felicio played around the low to mid-20s in minutes in that game, so there's some upside for both of those players to split 48 minutes at center tonight because they just don't have much more options now that Cornette is going to be doubtful tonight. I think it makes both of them in play in the low three carries, the flat minimum for Felicio. Um, if you give Felicio, say, 24 minutes in, in Gafford 20, or you give them both 24, they'll both look like great options. I think that they can kind of get away with probably going to maybe Thad Young for two to four minutes small here in this matchup against Phoenix when Aiton's not on the court. With Baines back for Phoenix, it might push them to going big, though, the whole 48. And if that's the case, all they got left is pushing out Daniel Gafford and Felicio for a total of 48 minutes, and um, it might be a clear split making them both in play. In Houston, Eric Gordon is questionable to like. This is really important because he's 3,600. Like If he's in, in against Utah, he'll play mid-30s, low, mid-to-high um, 30s, pretty much 32 to probably 35 minutes in this one. Which at 3,600, not a great fantasy point per minute producer. Westbrook and Harden both expected to play, but it's still appealing. If he's out, well, then you get Daniel House, who might be a better point per minute producer and probably is an Eric Gordon, at least in the season. And then he's playing those big 35 minutes for not much more. So I think he would be appealing. Uh, in Miami, you have doubtful Tyler Hero and Myers Leonard. They're both still without timetables to return. But as of the 19th, a few days ago, Tyler Hero did shed his walking boot, but there's still no update on that. You should continue to get uh, Duncan Robinson. And Goran Dragic seeing big minutes in the upper 20s to 30s. Kendrick Nunn just still staying in the mid-20s due to the Tyler Hero news. And Myers Leonard you should get. Now Jay Crowder continuing to start. Igadawa and Derek Jones picking up more run. Ben Simmons is going to return to the rotation today. So you're not going to get no Raul Nito starting. Uh, so it's really just going to impact everybody. Tobias Harris, Raul Nito, the entire bench and their upsides from Matisse Thibel to Forkan Korkmaz and the minutes that they'll see. And then Josh Richardson's production as well. In Utah, Mike Conley missed yesterday due to some rest. So now I assume he's going to be back into the lineup. <clears throat> that should impact Emmanuel Moutier and Joe Ingles the most. Ingles sees a lot more point guard and assist opportunities. Moutier just sees more minutes and upside in production. Donovan Mitchell, I also put on here, doesn't really impact Donovan Mitchell all that much. He might see the ball a little bit more in his hands, but he usually doesn't change his assist opportunities. His point per minute production doesn't change either. Kyle Corver will continue to miss for Milwaukee. Just spread those minutes across George Hill and Pat Connington and DiVincenzo and Sterling Brown. There's no major upside there. And then lastly, something that usually goes unnoticed, but probably around noon today, Christoph Porzingis is going to be ruled out for rest. I would be shocked if he's not. I say this every single time that they're on a back-to-back, -back, but uh, he went off last night and people are going to want to play him. But Christoph Porzingis has not played on a back-to-back. -back. I think it's like six of them this year, five or six. He's just been ruled out. Beginning of the year, they said they want to build in 10 rest days for him or so, and that's every single back-to-back -back so far. So I don't think he's going to play at 8,000. I'd be shocked if he does. Just wait for your Fantasy Labs alert at 12.30, probably, that says Christoph Porzingis is out or doubtful due to rest. Um, and that just gives upside to Maxi Kleber. That gives upside to Willie Cauley-Stein, um, Dorian Finney-Smith to an extent, obviously Luca. So, yeah, just keep a close eye on that.
I'll quickly stop on the target offense sheet here. Um, if anybody does want to look at it, we still don't have the total for Miami and Cleveland. I'm just projecting that total out. But in that game, Miami are 13 point favorites. So uh, with one of the lower pace spots on the slate, so it doesn't look great. The highest total um, right now on the slate is actually Dallas versus Atlanta. Look, it just doesn't get any better for Luka today. We're about to get to his ridiculous price point. But uh, Dallas is six point favorites against Atlanta, the second worst defense over the last two weeks, the third worst defense on the entire season. So they're actually getting worse. A 122 and a half team total and probably on this slate, the best matchup for any type of guard or point guard. And now you get Luka Dantich coming to town at the lowest price point we've seen on him in like three months. Um, so absolutely ridiculous price point. Utah is actually the second highest total here at 118.75. They're two and a half point favorites against Houston. Should be a very good late night hammer. Game only starts at 9 p.m. So no 10 or 10.30 starts tonight for the people that like to go to bed maybe earlier. Uh, but yeah, it should be a spot where to pace up spot here uh, slightly, they're going to gain about a possession for Utah. Um, the total's nice. I mean, price points are going down on some of these guys, like Gobert we'll talk about. Bojan's at a fine price point. On the other side of this game, I think you get both Westbrook and Harden at cheaper price points. And you've seen Utah double-team Harden as of late, so it might actually help out Westbrook, who's now in the, not the five-figure 10K range anymore, but slightly into that 9K range. Another high total, as it usually is here, uh, is Milwaukee versus Philadelphia. They're eight and a half point favorites here, 117.25. Uh, Giannis, with a spread like this in a, in a game that they've they've been 500 against East, uh, the East, the top of the East, teams like Philly, Miami, um, Boston. So if Giannis is going to play 32 minutes at the price point that he's at, he's definitely appealing. So uh, just a little highlight of some of the games. Very, very surprised, I would guess, to see um, just how big of a one to see that you see Milwaukee is that big of a favorite Two that Utah is actually favored here um, with that high of a team total. And then three, uh, that Dallas is, is the leader on the slate. Usually you get it being the Milwaukee's of the world, but facing a team like um, Philly is going to lower your overall totals and upsides. So let me just zoom out for this right now. I believe I have 22 or 21 players on this list here. There we go. I have 22 players on this list right here for everybody. Now, so this is just a early list. On a six-game slate, I'll usually come in the neighborhood of somewhere around, um, I don't know, probably 50 players in a player pool by the time this locks. So this is about half of them right now. Um, some of them are guys that I have a lot of interest in. Some of them are not. So just be sure to check back in later today um, on Patreon and the projections will be out updated all the way up and through lock. So um, you can ask questions in the discord, depending on the tier that you're in. So be sure to check all that out. I'll post that up above right now. Again, I'm an independent content creator. So I think Patreon's around, it gravitates by the time of the year, but probably around 33% of the, the revenue that my business brings in. So do appreciate it if you just want to support over there. Also, it's really good content. Um, I, I hear a lot of people having success on Twitter, pretty much on the daily or in the DMs on Patreon. So be sure to check that out little self plug. So Giannis at the top. Yeah, I mean, I can't not like Giannis here. He's a guy who is in the top one percentile in usage rate at 38% on the season. He is the number one fantasy point per minute producer at 1.9 or so on the season. He's a 33% assist percentage as a as a, a, a power forward slash center hybrid. So um, it, it's hard not to like Giannis. I'm just pulling up right now um, just to show you how crazy all this other stuff is. I mean, he picks up um, his, his, his shot attempts right now. 58% at the rim. It's hard not to like when you're 58% at the rim and you're shooting almost 60% effective field goal percentage. Uh, yeah, so Giannis at 11,200 in a game that more times than not should stay relatively close here. I gave him 32 minutes. You're not going to get the 26, 28 in a blowout. Well, I mean, maybe you do, but I'm just projecting that not to happen. He looks good. This is where the difficult part comes in. Now, I didn't put Harden on here, but obviously you can get to Harden. He's going to play 37, be a 1.6 fantasy point per minute producer in a close game as well. They probably double team him. This is where Luka Dantich just might be a situation where you just hit the lock button. 
I mean, honestly, really, like this might be um, one of the only times that I would want to lock in a guy who's $10,000 plus. I mean, he is number one top percentile in the league like Giannis, except he has a 41.4% usage rate. He has a 45% assist percentage, which I believe only LeBron James is higher so far this year. Just think about that 45% assist percentage. So, I mean, obviously that's great. And then you go over to his um, just shot chart right now. He's shooting at the rim 32% of the time. So he's one offensive rebounds are there, but he's also driving. Number two, he's shooting about 24% of his shots from the short mid range. That's good. You don't want it long or or just normal mid range. Short mid range is obviously closer into the paint, closer to the basket, more effective shooting. And then he's shooting about 40% of his shots from three, where he's not the greatest accuracy of shooters, but you get the upside from three. So his shot chart is fantastic. Obviously driving all that rebounding rate is one of the best in the league, better than guys like Joel Embiid, better than guys like Bam and Abayu. Yeah, Luka Doncic, I don't have to tell you how good he is, but now he's $2,000 on the price for this matchup. Look, I, I don't really, uh, if you're playing 150 lineups, I never really advocate for just going a lock button on a guy, but it's going to be hard not to have Luka as one of my highest exposed players. Russell Westbrook at 9800 I do prefer to Harden. You get the price discount on it. I much prefer Luka to Westbrook, so that's where it starts to get a little bit more difficult. But on a slate like this, where we're already seeing a couple of minimum price values popping up, at least I am and a lot of guys in the 4 and 5k range, it's a day where you can go Giannis plus Luka, Harden plus Luka. When they're this cheap, right? You're getting Luka at 10-2, you're getting Harden in that 10k range, Giannis barely in the 11k range. You get two values into your lineup, you can fit that in and make it work. And some of my best days and my two best days ever in NBA DFS, it might just be coincidental, but it's days where the value looks strong, you play it and you get up to the two studs who end up dropping 70 points a piece. It happened a couple nights ago when you had Bam, Joel Embiid, and Trey Young all going for 70 plus. Devin Booker at 7,900. For some reason, the price point doesn't change. The fact that Chris Dunn is still not going to be in the rotation for this team is fantastic. You get Booker as a 30 plus percent usage guy and a 30 plus percent assist player, averaging 36 minutes per game on the season. I will take that and more and I'll run with it. Rudy Gobert's price point continues to drop $400 since their game last night, and now he's in a matchup against Houston. This is the main concern for Rudy Gobert. Does he get run off the court? Does he only play 28 minutes here because this Houston team is playing um, small, right? They're playing with P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington as their four and fives, and those guys are pretty much shooting 75% of their shots from three, and they're really stretchers, and they space the floor. And Gobert is much more of a traditional center, so do you get Rudy Gobert coming off the floor? I think that's actually a really big risk here that they just end up going smaller. Um, they have Tony Bradley, who's just, I mean, he, he's a he's a traditional center behind that. So it's really hard to see how they end up going smaller at Davis. Uh, he's he's not, he's a, he's a traditional center at that point. So it's really hard to see where they end up going small with it. Um, I don't think they go to just Nang as Nang, George, George's Nang. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see um, what they do in Utah. And I think that makes it a little bit sketchy to want to get to Gobert. But look, if he plays a full 34, 35 minutes, it's, it's a smash spot for him. Nobody's going to be able to defend him. It's just a matter of do they run him off the court because of the way in the style that Houston plays at. Uh, Devontae Graham is at 7,100. Look, he's been an up and down player this year. His three-point percentages have just absolutely uh, fallen off a cliff at this point. Um, but I do think that the price point that he's at is at least interesting to me. Uh, if I pull up Devontae Graham's shot chart, he is shooting 58% of his shots from three-point range. That ranks in the top two percentile right now. And 54% of those are just from the point, so not from the corners of three. That ranks in the top one percentile in the entire league right now. So Devontae Graham, I think there's definitely upside there, of course. I mean, a 28% usage guy, 36% assist guy. That's the thing that he has on his teammate, the reason why he's $1,800 more. He's a much better assist player and gives you the double-double upside. Now, I think I do prefer Rogier, and we'll get there for the price discount, but I think it's a, a nice spot for Graham. Tobias Harris, you throw 34 minutes on him. He's a point-per-minute producer against Milwaukee, who, if anything, struggles against the, the threes and the fours. Um, they're better around the basket, and they're better against guards. 
on defense. So I think he's in play, but he's in this dead range where I think the 5k range is very strong. And then I think the all the way up top range is strong. So like getting to the the seven, um, I think Booker's strong at 7,900, maybe we'll go bear, but like getting to that 6k range and in the low 7k range, it's just tough lineup construction wise for the way I'm building. Covington, put him at 34 minutes. He's in a slightly difficult matchup here. He's going to average somewhere around 0.9 fantasy points per minute in this offense. He shoots 75% of his shot attempts uh, from three point range so far this season. You know what you're getting out of Covington. You're getting a low usage player who uh, is really going to thrive on three-point shooting, is going to see an increase to his rebounding rate now that he is not playing next to Carl Anthony Towns, but I do think the minutes give him upside. Thad Young should continue to play 30 to 32 minutes against Phoenix. Fine spot. He's going to be going up against Dario Sarge slash Mike McCall Bridges and whoever else is at the four. Um, he'll also play some at the at the three, and there's a chance that he picks up two or three center minutes tonight. I doubt it, but uh, a chance there. Drogic, there's still no none, so Drogic should play 28 to 30 minutes. He's a fantasy point per minute producer against the worst backcourt probably defensively in the entire league of Garland and Sexton. Jimmy Butler, same exact team, $8,200. Nothing terrible with that. This is just the issue for me. Getting to Jimmy Butler is, is not the same price range as Tobias Harris at 6,800, but it starts to become an issue where why don't I just find one more value in, in the in the 4K range instead of playing a guy like Tobias Harris and Butler, you find a guy in the 4K range that we're about to get to, and then you get yourself up to Luka Dantich, and, and now you have two top-tier studs and a guy like Harris who, Tobias Harris, he might drop 35 for you, but there's guys in the 4K range that honestly can drop 35 tonight, so... That's my dilemma. Uh, Terry Rozier, like I said, the, the opposing teammate uh, of what you're getting right now out of... Um, of which you're getting right now on Devontae Graham, and really his difference is just his assist percentage. Devontae Graham's is 36%. Uh, Terry Rozier's is, is 20.5%. Uh, Terry Rozier, 3% less usage than his teammate Graham at this point. And then what you get out of Terry Rozier is just less shot attempts from three-point range, which is fine because he's more accurate there. 44% of his shots from three-point range, 28% of his shots at the rim. That's good to see. You want to see a player driving for a little more than a quarter, closer to a third of his shot attempts. So uh, that's good to see. Shot charts fine. The price point's okay for Rozier from me. Jay Crowder's been starting at the four, and now this is a little bit more difficult because you're getting a matchup against Cleveland where they just got Drummond. Uh, they're playing weird rotations the last two games for Cleveland, 22 minutes for Drummond, uh, 26 uh, for a guy like Tristan Thompson. Larry Nance is continuing to split minutes at the four and pick up some minutes at the three as well now. So they're playing very big. So it makes a guy like Crowder, who's usually a traditional three, not a four, makes it tougher for him to get a rebounding upside, makes it tougher for him to probably do what he does best in terms of fantasy upside. And that's kind of hang around in the three point line, similar to guys like, um, similar to some of these other guys on the team, like you see, or just other teams like Covington, uh, like PJ Tucker, that style of offense in terms of just standing out by the three point line, it makes it more difficult for a guy like Crowder, who, when he was in Minnesota for the majority of this year, was doing it at a clip of 64% of his shot attempts are coming from three point range. So when you're at the four, it's a little bit more difficult to get those looks and get out there and space the floor quicker depending on how they set the offense up. But 4,800 seems fine. You get a lot of guys who look similar to me. Crowder and PJ Washington look pretty similar to me. I think Crowder's minutes upside is higher. Washington, I'll put in at 30. I'll probably put Crowder in at 30 as well. But now that um, you're going to get... Um, now that you have Cody back for uh, PJ Washington in, in Charlotte it's going to probably limit the upside of the 35-minute games you see from him. Whereas Crowder, I feel pretty good about the fact that he can see 32 to 34, especially since there's no Myers Leonard still there. They're pretty reluctant to play Kelly Olynyk. Colby White, 4,700. Played 30 minutes last time out. Has a good matchup. Yeah, no, he, if you played him, he probably burnt you. He scored like 17 fantasy points. But uh, Colby White is a very, very good player um, in terms of just fantasy point per minute production. 
uh, what you get from Colby White is a player that shoots about 50% of his shots, around 46% to be exact from three-point range. And then you get Colby White as a 23% usage player, a 23% usage player who doesn't have a great assist percentage, but he has the ball in his hands. Um, the other thing that's nice about Colby White uh, from a fantasy perspective is that a lot of his shot attempts are going to be from three-point range. And if they're going, for, and if he's having a good day, you obviously just get much more of a bonus, the extra half a point, um, the obvious po- extra point for three-pointers. So if you're getting a lot of his shot attempts from three-point range, if you're getting 31% of his shot attempts at the rim, there's a nice balance there too. If he's just having a decent game from three-point range, he's getting to the rim about a third of the time of his shots. There's upside for Colby White, especially at this price point, especially if now he's not playing 22, 24 minutes, but he's playing 30 minutes because of the injuries like Chris Dunn on this Chicago team. Duncan Robinson is a wing that I never really like getting to, but he has the best wing matchup against Cleveland today. He'll probably play 32 minutes. He's just a three-point shooter pretty much. Um, I prefer Colby White. Uh, Josh Richardson, I would prefer over Robinson. They pretty much are similar players in that they're going to play on the wing. You're going to get both of these guys taking a ton of their shot attempts from three-point range. And now with Ben Simmons back, it hurts Richardson a little bit, a guy who at this point on the season is, is shooting 36% of his shot attempts from three. The thing that's the most concerning for Richardson is that he shoots about 40, 45 or so percent of his shot attempts from mid-range, which at this point is I saw an NBA player tweet the other day that that's like where you win your games from mid-range. Yeah, you win your games literally on the buzzer beater from mid-range, but if your whole entire team is shooting from mid-range, it's the worst shot you can possibly take. Get to the basket, to the rim, high percentage shots, or shoot from three-point range because of the obvious extra point. You have to make less of them. It's just a more efficient and effective way to play. You get Richardson as a 22% usage rate player in the year. Decent assist percentage for a guy who's playing outside in the wing at 15%. It's just big minutes at 32 minutes and a better offense. I would take Richardson's upside over Duncan Robinson. Now you get to this range where Daniel House and Eric Gordon, if Gordon's out at 4,300, I think House is in play. He'll play mid-30s and minutes. If Gordon is in, I probably don't want any of them because House will go down into the, the 20s and minutes. Gordon, House will, will cut into his minutes enough to probably make Gordon play 32 minutes and at 3,600, his fantasy point production is not great. Willie Cauley signs only 3,600 if, if, and it's a big if, I guess not really, but watch Porzingis' status. If Porzingis gets ruled out for rest, like I'm 99% sure he probably will, uh, happen has happened every time in the back-to-backs, Willie Cauley-Stein usually sees a bump, usually plays 18 to 20 minutes. Again, no Dwight Powell, maybe even plays more than that at 3,600 against Atlanta over a fantasy point per minute producer. There's an upside for Willie Cauley-Stein in the ceiling there. I don't have a Maxi Kleber on this, on this um, interest, but I'm sure he can sneak in there as well. And then some of the Chicago guys at the bottom end. I don't have Daniel Gafford on here, but again, he played off the bench 16 minutes. No Lou Cornette. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play 22 or 24 minutes tonight. Felicio has been playing mid-20s in minutes. No Lou Cornette. He's the flat minimum Cristiano Felicio. And they're just down bodies. They're down Collie Stein. They're down Wendell Carter. They're down Enzo Valentine. They're down Lou Cornette. Chandler Hutchinson. All those names I just said are guys who either play at the three, the four, or the five. They don't have much more depth at the four and the five at this point. It's Thad Young probably at the four. And at the five, it's Daniel Gafford, who just returned last game, and Felicio. So if I give Gafford 24 minutes and Felicio 24 minutes, they both look like fantastic options at their price point. Ryan Archidiakono started the last game, played 28 minutes. He's as bad of a fantasy point per minute producer as it gets. He needs every bit of his 28 minutes to be successful, but he's also $3,000 flat. So that's where I'm at right now. I hope, I hope that you all have a enjoyable Saturday. I hope that this video does indeed help you. Let me know what's your favorite part about these videos down below. If you watched all the way through, we have a strong following that gets all the way through the videos and podcasts. If, if you got all the way through the video and you are not yet subscribed, please take the extra couple of seconds in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, red subscribe button on YouTube, and also hit that little notification bell. 
it does help me out. It increases the upside of videos going viral um, because people get notifications. If they click on the notifications and a lot of people traffic to a video right away before or right when it launches or within like the first hour or the first day even, um, it just it speeds up and it goes higher in the rankings on YouTube. So these DFS videos aren't going to go viral, but I have a lot of videos planned for one sports betting coming up, which are more general, have a, a wider audience that they can attract to. And then more uh, fantasy football in the summer coming up. So please do hit that subscribe button and the notification bell. And if you're still all the way there on the podcast at work, wherever you might be in the car, once you have a second and it might be right now, just please hit the subscribe button on the podcast and also leave a five-star rating review. I'm going to be doing another weekend giveaway. Last time I did $50 over the weekend, as many subscribers as we got on the podcast, the audio version on any format, Apple preferably, but Spotify, Stitcher. So if you're still listening, you're in the exclusive bunch that will know about this giveaway. I'll probably post something on Twitter as well, but we did $50 last time. Um, I'm going to do $50 once again, announced on Monday. So be sure to check into that. Uh, you must be really just subscribe and leave a review, rate and review five stars. And let me know what you like about the podcast format. If you're watching on the YouTube version, go ahead. You can check it out over there in the podcast format link down below in the description. Thank you, everybody. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Check out Fantasy Draft linked up above. Check out my Patreon exclusive content. You all rock. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.